Welcome back. This is Stepping Out in Faith with Heather. I'm really excited and sad at the same time for this subject. Oh my goodness. And it's because it's something that I struggled with for a very, very long time. And I want so many people to come out of this dark situation that they're in. And because a lot of us, we sit around in our depression and we wonder why me, why this, why don't I have the best of this, that, and the other. And a lot of it comes down to our what are we fueling ourselves with? Are we fueling ourselves with the gospel? Are we surrounding ourselves with people of the gospel? Um, recently, I've been watching many people I love that they're struggling. They're struggling in a lot of areas. And they get like in this state of mental depression. And in a world that is based on social media likes and, um, you know, cars and Pinterest and all these just, just, it's trash. It's trash. Because at the end of time, one day when we meet Jesus face to face, he is not going to care if you drove a 1999 Buick or a 2022 Escalade, okay? So, my heart just hurts for people that put all of their their worth and their things and the only reason that they find worth in their things is because of the people that they're surrounded by. Um, they also find their lack of worth and their lack of things. The people that we surround ourselves with there, we find ourselves, um, the word, we find the word through the Bible itself, but sometimes we have to utilize all of our tools, and God gives us friends, He gives us motivators and leaders, just people to surround us, they are not optional, I know that it's hard to believe, if you hoard yourself up in your house, um, it is, it's not the same as meeting with the gathering. The Bible says that we should not forsake the gathering. And that is with purpose because God uses these people around us at all times to fuel our, um, our love for Him. To help, They help us serve. They encourage us. They bring us up. And I wanted to throw in a really a handful of Bible verses that back up, you know, why good friends are important, how they give us wise counsel, and they help us stay on the right track with Jesus. Not to say that us as women, that we can't all get together and just kind of get real like bickery, and I don't think it's bickery a word, I have no idea, but we can just get real fussy and just, ugh, it's, it's awful, and there are times that me and my girlfriends do that, I won't lie to you, and then we come back to the realization together like okay y'all we've got to get out of this we've got to bring ourselves out of this little pity puddle that we're sitting in and we have to realize where we truly are in life um so like i said let me just share some verses with y'all if y'all want to jot these down as i go that would be fabulous for you to look back on later because it's quite a few and a lot of them are in proverbs so Proverbs twelve twenty six says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. 
Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend is always loyal. A brother is born to help in time of need. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 Two people are better than one because together they have a good reward for their hard work. If one falls, the other can help his friend get up. But how tragic it is for one who is all alone when he falls. There is no one to help him up. Proverbs 18.24 One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 11.14 Without wise leadership, a nation is in trouble, but with good counselors there is safety. Proverbs 27.9 Ointments and perfume encourage the heart in a similar way. A friend's advice is sweet to the soul. Proverbs 24.6 for though wise counsel will, will wage your war, a victory lies in abundance of advisors. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-three: Whoever rebukes a man will later on find more favor than someone who flatters with his words. Proverbs 27, 5. Open criticism is better than hidden love. Proverbs 27, 6. You can trust what your friend says even when it hurts, but your enemy wants to hurt you even when they act nice. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Be not... I'm sorry, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Proverbs 16.29 A violent person entices their neighbor and leads them down a path that is not good. Psalm 26 verses 4 through 5 I did not sit with liars and I will not be found among hypocrites. I have hated the mob of evildoers and will not sit with wicked people. Psalms 1.1 How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Proverbs 22.24-25 Do not be a friend of one who has a bad temper, and never keep company with a hothead, or you will learn his ways and set a trap for yourself. 1 Corinthians 5.11 Now what I meant was that you should not associate with people who call themselves brothers or sisters in a Christian faith, but live in sexual sin or greedy, worship false gods, use abusive language, get drunk, or are dishonest. Do not eat with such people. Truthfully, we want to look for friends that mirror the image of Jesus, that make us better people that make us strive to go farther and drive farther into our goal, our journey, which is to spread the love of Jesus. If you're surrounding yourself with people that are not growing, they are stagnant people, and they are just constantly wallowing in that that state of self-pity, they're not going to benefit you as a person, as a follower of Christ. Now, there are times when our fellow 
Christians where they do, they get down. I get down. And there are times that I need my girlfriends to pick me up off the floor or like uh, my husband, you know, to bring me back to life. Like, Heather, this is what you're meant to do. Get up. We're going to be okay. You know, they can build me up with scripture and with encouragement and I do the same thing for them and it is so wonderful and I don't want any of y'all to ever miss out on the opportunity of having people even you know in your local church community or wherever you need to find them people that will that will build you up and I was talking to my girlfriends the other day I was actually have a group text message thing that we do all the time and I told them which we get together every week and we are we know we have bible studies that we do together and we have girl time and all that and we're kind of all in the same um the same just part of life like we're all young families um Most of us have children all around the same age. And we just, it's nice to feed off each other and get encouragement off of each other. But I told them the other day, even though we get together, I said, we have got to be more present and thoughtful about hands-on prayer. We have, you know, sometimes as girls, we just get to kind of talking and chit-chatting. And we... (laughs) forget the most important part of while we're together I know it's so easy to see on Facebook where somebody's like hey I'm having this issue can y'all pray and people are like oh, praying but I fully encourage you to actually approach that with more I'm a firm firm believer in hands-on prayer and I think it is a wonderful beautiful thing and there's so much power in it when you have people that you surround yourself with that you do meet with on a on a regular basis and you have that sense of accountability within each other and you can lay hands on each other and touch each other um I know even with my little girl I have gotten what actually one of my one of my accountability friends that I talk to very often um she told me the other day she said that she made a practice of hands-on praying on her children And so I have started that. And just to let y'all know, I'm not saying this is just like a cure-all and that you can just like slap your hand on your kid or your friend or whatever and say, may you be healed in the name of Jesus. (laughs) But there is power in it according to God's will for your life. And so just as an example, the other night, my almost two-year-old, she was just inconsolable, like, you know how when they get overly tired and I couldn't do anything with her I just absolutely couldn't I finally just I mean she was just a hot mess I don't even know what else to tell you and so I put my hand on her and I couldn't get her to calm down and I was like Lord Jesus please just give her peace like calm her for me for her we all need to get rest so we can have a better day tomorrow and I just prayed peace into that baby y'all and I it was all I could do that was that was should have been my first resort unfortunately I used it as my last resort and when I tell you that she immediately calmed down and she laid down and she just went to sleep 
And not to say that that will happen absolutely every single time, but I do, I know, I'm not even going to say I think, I absolutely know that that was God-given. Um, it's all for His purpose and for His will. And maybe that was the moment that He wanted me to have the realization of hands-on prayer and its power. So, let's be mindful of keeping people in our lives that we can do that with, that are in your life for unselfish reasons. Because as Christians, our job is to always, I say our job, our hearts are always supposed to be willing to serve the needs of others. That's how we show our love. That's what Jesus did, and that's how we're supposed to do ourselves to be servants of Christ, you know. So if your friends are um, selfish in a sort of way to where everything that they do has to be beneficial to them, um, you you may want to kind of be looking at who you're hanging out with all the time and who is with you on a daily basis and who you're confiding in and who you're looking for advice in. Because if you look at them in their lives and they are not fruitful and their joy is not being multiplied, that should be telling you something. We are never supposed to judge people. We are not supposed to judge things they do and um, how they work like with their children and and how they do with their family things like that we're not really supposed to judge them because everybody's way looks different and everybody's walk with Jesus looks different but at the end of the day there I've said this this before in one of my other um, sessions but always examine the fruit of somebody's labors Even if you don't like how they tell their kids to do something or you don't necessarily understand like the rules of their household or um, or how much or how little that they serve within the actual church that y'all attend or anything like that. Look at the fruits of their labors. Look at the people that are gathered to them. Look at um, the... What have they done? What have they... Uh, what's their influence on all the things that they take part in? Are they improving those things? Or does everything around them just seem to fall apart and they just seem like angry, hurt people? Because people that have a lack of Jesus in their life, they're empty souls, you're not going to see prosperity in their lives. You're just not, because everything good comes from God. I've told you all that before, and I will say it again through every single podcasting that I do. Everything that is good comes from God. So if you don't see good, fruitful things in people's lives, then there's going to be a lack of time with the Lord in their lives. If there is, if they have allowed Him in at all, if they have fully surrendered and given over portions of their life or their entire life to Him, just depending on kind of, you know, where they're at in their journey we have to come to this point where we give it all to him and 
that that just includes all of our friendships and relationships and that becomes really gray and foggy when we get into like family relationships where you feel like you are um where you feel like you are obligated to be around some people um i've been there i understand that that just oh that's just a really really hairy little subject relatives relatives that whoo this is a deep subject okay so relatives that are not necessarily fruitful that's what we're going to call them unfruitful people just be careful um make sure that you are not getting the wrong influence in your life that you know that you are the grounded person in my experience I had to distance myself from those types of people um, I had to cut off that that human made obligation factor in my brain and I had to think to myself no my obligation is to be in the best that I can be as a Christ follower and surrounding myself with people that are unfruitful and just really big negative Nancy's okay that's just what we're gonna call them big old negative Nancy's and that have no Christ following whatsoever they don't have the same um, wants and desires that you do to please um, our Heavenly Father it is okay to distance yourself and then when you do have to come in contact with those people again if you do if you choose to do that just make sure that you are the grounded one because it can be real easy when you get around especially older relatives that you kind of like feel like you have to like sink back into your old self you have got to stay pumped up like you have to know who you are and know whose you are and just stay there stay in that mindset um, remember who's in your heart because luckily enough for us Jesus doesn't just like live in our church he lives in our hearts he lives in our bodies and he lives in our soul and he goes with us wherever we go so you are absolutely not alone when you are with old friends that used to love but you know that you can't be with them 24 7 because they're um, they what do they call them now? Vibes. They're like, you know, um, your vibes are just not good for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- that's just, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, there is no other answer. But I can tell you, when you open up and you do these hard things and you jump into new opportunities and you start um, making new friends within the church and you start jumping into new opportunities with them to new Bible studies and new ministering ministering opportunities and you open up your house to these people and you let them into your hearts and you get into theirs and y'all start feeding off each other, you will see the difference in a person that brings you up and encourages you versus a person that is just trying to bring you into their tragedy all the time. These people that when you look at them, you just walk by them in, in Walmart and they look like they have just 12,000 pounds sitting on their shoulders of just, ugh, just, ugh. You don't want to be those people because once you've come out of that, you know what that's like and don't be drugged back into that temptation. 
But wouldn't it be beautiful if you could come out and then you can bring other people with you? Because that's what I want to do all the time. I just want to be like, come with me. Because they'll just, they'll say, you know, well, I just, there are no good people in the world anymore. And I'm like, girl, come with me. I'll, I'll get you some, I'll get you some good people. But then these same people that are saying that they want better things for themselves, they still just want to sit with their, where they're sitting. And the only thing that I can tell you to do for these people if you can't make them move into the new life that you're living is just pray for them. Keep reaching out a hand. Don't go into their headspace. Stay in yours. But reach out a hand to them and be like, hey, if you want to come out of this, I got you. Like, you come with me. I will get you started and continually pray with them bring them into your circle um pray for them even when even when they don't ask for it and when they don't know about it some of the most powerful prayer comes from your closet we need to be mindful of how even if you can't do that hands-on prayer that i was talking about earlier that i so love with um you know just like with my baby and things like that um you can pray from a distance too you don't have to tell anybody it can just be you and jesus and jesus hears our cries and he hears theirs he hears theirs even when they don't even know what they're praying for and they don't know they don't know jesus the best maybe they've never opened a bible but they know some they've heard something from you something you've put on facebook something that um you have just made people aware that you are a lover of Christ and maybe that person is sitting at home and they're just scared they're scared to go to church or they're scared to go into your Bible study with three other people because they think that maybe it'll be intimidating or maybe they don't have the right clothes or maybe people look at them weird because they knew how they were yesterday but they don't know who they're going to be tomorrow um, maybe that's kind of intimidating to them so Pray specifically that God would break some, down some of those walls from them, that he would um, just make them courageous, that he would turn their eyes away from, you know, what, what we used to be worried about, you know, what, what people might think about us or um, what, you know, gosh, it's, it's real scary in those beginning stages because people might know what you did yesterday. They might know what you did last night or before you got to church or, you know, they, they might see what you put on Facebook a year ago because, you know, now we have the internet to where nothing ever dies. Nothing ever dies. You can delete it all. You think you deleted it all, but it's never deleted. It's never gone. And so sometimes it's a lot harder because our, our past, even our not so distant past and our distant past, it just kind of haunts us. Um, but the encouragement I have for you in that is, that is God building the biggest comeback story. Because we all have a comeback story once we have invited Jesus to be our lives and that we've surrendered everything we have to him. We all have a comeback story. Some people doubt their comeback story and they think it's a lot smaller and um, just insignificant really. But it's not. Nobody's comeback story is insignificant because it all has to do with Jesus and the great God that lives within us. And there is nothing insignificant about our God. 
So I'm going to leave you all with that today. And let's just go ahead and let's just pray over somebody that we know that we really want to come into our lives, into our Christ lives. And that we want to introduce into all the beautiful things that we have around us. So just keep that person on your brain while I'm praying. And we'll go through this together. Dear Lord, we see these people that are sitting in their own self-pity and they're wallowing in it. And they are just surrounded by people that are just, just not wonderful influences on their lives. We see them struggling day to day. We see them just questioning everything around them, but just sitting in the fear that, you know, they're, they're scared to move and they're scared to get out of, they're just scared to get out of their little box because they don't know what will happen. And they're just feeding off the fact that they think they have control over where they are in life right now. I pray that they get the courage and that you, through me and whoever's listening to this and praying this with me right now, that they see us and they see our influence. And uh, really, just they see us as a light shining at their feet for you. That they see that and they get the courage just to pop out of where they are. And to just walk out into a world of peace. A peace that we know that we want them to know where you see everything you know our past our present and our future and you know our comeback stories and you just want us to let you write them so lord please bless everybody that we have on our minds right now all these specific people that are being thought of and we pray that just someday soon, sooner than later, that you'll do miraculous things and they'll be seated with us at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen.